Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Play by Play. It's the Jamie Yarrow Podcast. It's the podcast that you rely on for your daily dose of everything from business to wellness to parenting and sports. You get it all here. We don't just talk about it. We give you the play-by-play, the nuggets, the how-to, the nitty-gritty, the step-by-step. That's what we're all about. Today, we're going to be talking about toxic bosses, those bosses that you know what I'm talking about, the ones that are hard to work for. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you, be sure to check out all of our full episodes and our two-minute drills. And if you love what you hear, make sure you subscribe and you share. That is how we can get more people listening to this great info that we want to share. Of course, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. You can get us on your TV through the Spotify app. You can find us on Stitcher, the TuneIn Radio app, and of course, Podbean. That's where a lot of you follow us. You've downloaded the Podbean app, and we're appreciative of that. We know you got lots of choices for your podcast, and we're glad that you're in your playlist. You ready to get started for today's play-by-play? I am Jammin' Jamie. And kickoff is counting down. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you may be listening today, I am live from the Clawfus. It's episode number 38. Today we're going to be talking about toxic bosses and the signs that you have a toxic boss and, and some things to do if that's the situation that you're in. I read an article from The Ladders. It's a uh, website, and they publish a lot of good uh, business and leadership and networking and information like that. So uh, you, if you've never checked that out, it's called The Ladders, L-A-D-D-E-R-S. And this article that I read, it's back from November of 19, uh, but it's called Five Signs That You Have a Toxic Boss. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. How many of you have ever worked for a toxic boss or a toxic leader? You know what I'm talking about? The ones that uh, we're going to describe what uh, some signs of those are, but but you know what I'm talking about. Everything is constant negativity among them. They're not somebody who you would describe as a leader of people. You know, it's been said before that people don't leave jobs, that they leave managers, that they leave supervisors. You can be in an organization that may not be exactly... You know, what you love, the organization may not be a 100% fit for you or your vision. Uh, but if you have a great supervisor, if you have a great manager, someone who you would call a leader, you can make it through those tough days, right? And maybe some of you are in that situation right now. You've, you're in a place that's just not ideal. It's not exactly what you'd want, but boy, do you love the person that you work for. And so you're willing to overlook some of the other warts of the company, if you will. Well, in this scenario, we're talking about um, having a toxic boss. It says in the article that 60% of employees surveyed left or were considered leaving a job because of their direct supervisor. So this is, an, this is a wake-up call to supervisors and managers out there. Uh, if you've got good people that are working for you, you got to treat them right. I mean, you've got to treat them the way that you would want them to treat your customers. You want to treat them just that good or better because then they're going to elevate the level of treatment that they give to the customer or the client. This article goes through and talks about the signs of a toxic boss. There's five things that this article talks about. There's five signs of a toxic boss. And then it talks about some things to uh, to do if you are if you find yourself in that situation. We're going to uh, kind of cover these a little bit. You'll hear my paper shuffling because I'm actually using paper today. 
been a long time since I printed something out and read it on paper. Most of the time I'm reading it on the computer screen or on an iPad. So let's look at these today and uh, we'll, we'll talk about them as we go along. Number one, uh, number one sign that you work for a toxic boss, the work environment palpably shifts. So you're in a situation where a new uh, new boss has come in, a new manager comes in. I'm just going to use those terms interchangeably today, but a new boss has come in and the the environment just changes. The environment shifts. You know, it was a certain way. You you were able to tolerate it and deal with it and maybe even enjoyed the environment. And now all of a sudden a new boss comes in and everything changes. And I mean changes for the negative. Not You know, sometimes a new boss comes in and everything changes for the good. And that's great. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about everything changes for the negative. We're talking about the things go downhill in a hurry. It makes the whole department feel like uh, that they're all stressed out and that they're uncomfortable and they're not at ease. So the whole environment has changed for the negative. Sign number two is that micromanaging becomes the rule. Now I know for a fact with the number of people that we have listening to this podcast that there are, are a bunch of you that work for a micromanager. You know what that is, right? Somebody who can't keep themselves out of your tasks, right? They have to continually be involved in looking over your shoulder or or trying to supervise the things that you're doing, even though you are perfectly capable of completing those tasks on your own. You're perfectly capable of uh, handling uh, those those decisions that are tasked at your level. You can do all those things, but yet this this boss can't help but insert themselves into your space. And it all comes down to a level of insecurity that that boss has. Oftentimes, it's someone who maybe has never worked in your shoes. They've never walked a mile in your shoes, so they don't uh, they don't trust that you're able to do it. Um, but they are insecure about their own position, and they don't trust what you're able to do. Sign number three that you're working for a toxic boss. Uh, they have the, the the article says ad- admitting they're wrong is an allergy, and what they're saying is that that under no circumstances will this boss ever admit that they have made a mistake. They're just simply not going to do it. They're not going to admit that that they have done something wrong, that they are at fault in some way. And we all know people that are like that. It doesn't even have to be a boss, but uh, people that just fail to admit when they're wrong. And it, as a boss, you have to be able to do that. Uh, I would interject the book written by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. They're two Navy SEALs that wrote a book about, about leadership and the lessons they learned on the battlefield in Iraq. And one of the, the name of the book is called Extreme Ownership. They wrote a follow-up to it called the, the Dichotomy of Leadership. Both of those books are phenomenal. I'll put links to the show no, in the show notes. Uh, I would highly encourage that you take a look at those. I've listened to the audiobooks multiple times for each book. They're that good. But it all boils down to owning the situation. And even when someone in your department or someone uh, that, that works for you makes a mistake, you accept ownership for that. You accept ownership of the problem and you figure out how to fix it. Just because someone else may have physically made the mistake, you are ultimately responsible for that as a boss, as a leader. And so you take ownership for that. And I'm not going to go into great detail on that. I would just really love for you to listen to that book. Maybe we'll do a highlight on it one day. It's called Extreme Ownership. 
But here's rule number three. That was sign number three. They, they have the inability to admit when they're wrong. Sign number four, that you work for a toxic boss. They only look out for number one. Now, I know y'all have some folks that you work for that are like that, right? They're making themselves look good. They're not worried about anybody else. They're, they're taking the credit for everything that's done, and they want that credit to, uh, you know, to make them look good. And, and oftentimes, uh, they'll even take credit for your work. A good leader knows that when his or her team succeeds, then they're successful. It's a team effort. There's no I in that whole situation. When, when someone is successful in an organization, that leader should not be the one that's taking credit for that. But just by nature, the leader is going to be recognized as being responsible for the team that created the success. They don't have to physically take credit for it. What they're doing in that scenario is they're trying to validate their existence rather than help you to advance your career. And these are the the bosses that are uh, they're particular about making sure that you understand what the hierarchy is. You know what I'm talking about? They want you to understand what this chain of command is. They they make sure that you understand they're the boss, and you probably hear it on a regular basis. That's sign number four. They're always looking out for number one. Sign number five. Sign number five that you work for a toxic boss. Resistance is futile. So here's a boss that just cannot take feedback. You, you've seen them try to give get constructive feedback. You've seen them try to get constructive feedback. Maybe you've tried to give it. And that boss is incapable of taking constructive feedback. You can be 100% correct in the situation. And you can even deliver that constructive feedback or criticism in a way that's very professional and it's very respectful. Yet this boss will not, under any circumstance, take that constructive feedback and utilize it to make themselves better. In fact, oftentimes what they'll do as is they will view that as an attack on them. They will sometimes try to retaliate against you for it. Uh, and you know, just by working around these people, whether you have the latitude to deliver any sort of constructive feedback or not. Uh, and when you can't, when you're in a situation where you can't, you just don't. Like, you know... You know what your boundaries are when you're working with these people. The article talks about reasoning with this type of boss is about as fruitful as reasoning with a toddler. And isn't that true? You're just about wasting your breath, aren't you? And it's unfortunate for companies that have bosses like this in place uh, because they don't know how much damage they're actually doing. You can be a phenomenal employee. You might be one of the superstars or a rock star that I talked about in previous podcasts. But your flame can be snuffed out very quickly when you have a toxic boss or a toxic environment that you're working in. Now, that's enough negativity, right? That's enough uh, making us feel bad for the day. Let's talk about some strategies to, to try to alleviate a toxic boss situation. So the article says the first strategy is to attempt an honest conversation. You know, if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that this is a big deal to me. Open communication, right? Uh, having constructive conversation, open the lines of communication. It's hard to uh, to judge somebody. It's hard to hold somebody responsible. It's it's impossible to hold somebody accountable for their actions if you're not communicating with them. So it's important to initiate a conversation, open the lines of communication. Now this might be hard, right? And it may be impossible for some bosses. Like you just may not have the latitude to be able to have a conversation with them. Now. You know I'm going to tell you, always do it respectfully. 
if possible, do it behind closed doors. You know, request an opportunity to meet with that boss. Say, hey, there's some things that I just wanted to run by you. There's, I have some concerns, um, you know, about our relationship or, you know, the morale in the department. And I just wanted to share my thoughts with you. And when you share your concerns, also try to share some solutions and how you can be a part of those. Step up to the plate and illustrate how you want to be part of the solution. And the article talks about, you know, it may take several conversations. Uh, some people that are just set in their ways that they they may not, you know, they may not get it the first time. And don't be discouraged by that, especially if it's a young leader. You know, more and more we're seeing young leaders take on um, managerial positions, right? And they don't maybe have as much experience. And I think a lot of times that comes from companies putting too much weight into education versus experience. That's a whole nother conversation for another podcast. But we end up seeing young leaders being put in positions that they're absolutely not capable of handling. And the result of that is they can't lead people. They can't supervise. They have no idea how to communicate. They are not ready for that. Not to say they won't be a great leader one day. Look, I'm all for mentoring and coaching and building people up. But when you throw somebody who is who's not ready into a situation like that, it's bad for everyone. It's bad for that young leader. They're being set up for failure. And along the way, there's going to be a incredible negative impact on the department or the company or whatever uh, you know area of supervision that they have. Again, the first step in strategy is to open the lines of communication. Number two, how do we get out of this toxic boss situation? Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you have to just Play the game, if you will. You get to understand, uh, and this is a situation where, you know, maybe you have high hopes that this leader won't be in that position long, or um, maybe you don't have any other options, or in the meantime, while you're exploring other options, or maybe you're looking for, you know, another department to transfer to, something, you've got something in the works, but in the meantime, you've got to be able to weather the storm. I've used this phrase in the past, just play the game right? You get to understand where that leader comes from, what their lane is. Uh, The article talks about their patterns and you can play the game, right? You can understand what you need to do to try to pacify them. And and this is not a place where I'm going to advocate that you stay long because it's not healthy. You're in a toxic environment. You are not uh, where you want to be. You're obviously not being able to be passionate about the things that you love to do. Your gifts are not being fully utilized when you work for a toxic boss. But in the short term, you might have to just play the game. It's just something you might have to do to get by until the next door opens in your career progression. Also, strategy number three in dealing with this toxic boss, seek out somebody in the organization that you can uh, utilize as support. Now, I'm going to be very cautious. I'm going to caution you about this because oftentimes, in a work environment, it's very difficult to know who you can and can't trust. So while having a support network in uh, your work environment when you are in a toxic situation can be helpful because it can help you get through the day. It can also be a negative because it, you just never know what that person who you're convi- confiding in, you don't know who they're talking to. And you know, in this day and age, everybody's trying to get ahead. And sometimes people are looking out for number one, and you may think that they're on your team. You know the old saying, not everybody in your boat is rowing in the same direction. There might be some folks in the back that are actually drilling holes in the boat. But having a support network 
is something that can be helpful. And maybe you can reach out outside that organization to a close friend or a colleague, someone who you can confide in, uh, just to kind of get some things off your chest, bounce some things. Um, sometimes you want to just run by an idea, uh, maybe a communication idea or a way to help try to improve something, and you just want to bounce that off somebody. That's always helpful. If you need to, strategy number four, you might have to go outside the department. There are times when you may need to take an issue to HR, or you may need to take an issue to a senior manager, uh, or someone that you can confide in that can help you to give you some direction on uh, how to potentially resolve the situation. This is particularly important if that boss who is toxic is also violating some company policies or uh, there's some ethical issues at hand or maybe even something illegal. Sometimes when you're working in a toxic environment, one of the dangers of staying in that toxic environment is that that environment can change you. It can change who you are. It can change your personality. It changes your character and, and you think, well, you know, I'm not going to let that happen. But over time, if you stay in that environment long enough, that's just human nature. It's just what happens. We become like our environment. And that's the challenge is that, you know, you can weather the storm for a short period of time, but the longer that you stay in that environment, the easier it is to accept the toxicity of that environment and to start being like that. And so that's a big challenge. And it's my caution to you that sometimes the best move is to make a move. And that kind of leads us to number five, start looking elsewhere. Now, I'm not advocating that you leave where you work, but I am advocating that you don't stay in a toxic environment. So if you've done all the things that you can do, if you have, you know, explored all the options, you've tried to communicate, you've opened up lines of communication, you have sought out someone in the organization to perhaps help you. Uh, maybe you've even reached out to HR or some senior management and there's no resolution in sight. Then it might be time to start looking elsewhere. Now, let me, let me say this. We do this with a plan. Unless financially you can just afford to leave and, and not look back, you need to do it with a plan. You don't need to do it haphazardly. You don't need to uh, make a jump that is uh, irrational, no matter how bad it is. As long as it's not illegal or unethical, you can deal with it for long enough to find an exit strategy. Uh, you can stand on your head for 24 hours if you had to. So I don't want you to just jump ship for a number of reasons. Financially, sometimes that can be devastating. And number two, when a future employer asks about your current or previous job situation, the cards are definitely stacked in your favor if you're currently employed as opposed to unemployed. The actual strategy of, of finding another job, we'll leave that one for another podcast. That is a whole uh, conversation in and of itself. Today, I just wanted to talk about a toxic boss situation and the things that you can do to try to help alleviate that in some way. And while I wish that none of you had to deal with that, I know that with the number of listeners that we have, that there's a lot of people out there that are dealing with toxic boss situations. And if you're an employer listening or you're a manager or leader or supervisor, pay attention to the type of environment that your leaders or your, your bosses, your managers are creating. Are they creating a toxic environment that is going to make people leave? It costs a tremendous amount of money to train somebody up and then have them leave. And then there's the cost to replace that person. And those are just the hard costs. All the soft costs that go with that thing, the hit to morale, the hit to productivity, the other employees who may be looking elsewhere because 
a toxic boss is allowed to continue to operate in a certain fashion. Well, I hope that's none of you, but if it is, maybe something that we said today will help get you through the situation that you're in. That's all the time we got for today. I want to thank you for listening to Play by Play. My contact information is in the description of our podcast, along with the links that I mentioned in today's podcast. Those are there as well. I hope that something that we said today helps you to become a better version of yourself. My name is Jam and Jamie, and I hope you have an amazing day.